Welcome to the weekly High with LSD podcast, the Leslie and Subu dialogue covering the most happening technology news that affect India. And now, please welcome your host, Leslie and Subu. Hello, friends. Uh, greetings and. Um, uh, wish you uh, welcome back onto this uh, show and uh, wish you a very happy new year. Uh, hope twenty twenty one is good to all of us. Um, I would also like to uh, welcome uh, Kashyap Kompela, our guest uh, for this uh, week, the first episode of this year. Uh, Kashyap Kompela is the founder and uh, CEO of uh, consultancy firm R- RPA to AI. As the word suggests, it's uh, robotic process automation to artificial intelligence. But of course, he is an advisor and a consultant uh, to companies on digital transformation. And of course, we have uh, Subhu with us. Uh, Subhu, uh, again, Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Kashyap. Year to you. And Kashyap, Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Same to you. <laughs> so uh, how was your New Year? To me? Kashyap. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kashyap, Subhu, both of you. <laughs> So thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Hello, Subhu. And uh, New Year. I mean, there is hope because 2021 is the year of the vaccines, hopefully. <laughs> and yeah. what about you, Subhu? Are you happy with the uh, the pace of the vaccines? Because I think some people were complaining that, you know, these vaccines have been developed in a real haste because typically the life cycle development is around four to five years. But now they have actually got these vaccines out in seven to eight years. The way I see it personally is like, they have, uh, you know, the world has rallied around, governments have rallied around, and, you know, it, it's a good thing that we have got these vaccines out. Of course, the efficacy is always questionable, but it's a good thing. At least that's what I feel. What about you? I think I think the pharma's, uh, the big pharma's uh, joke is out. I think uh, they've been kind of telling everybody that it takes 10 years, and suddenly there was this big kick in the backside, and they produce one in one year or maybe less. So to me, I think that is one moment of truth. The other is, uh, see, I'm not worried about the efficacy of the vaccine because before me, I think there are going to be some millions of people who are going to get shot. And if something happens to them, then I won't take the vaccine. <laughs> that way, I'm not the guinea pigs. So I'm okay with that. That's a wicked way of looking at things. So the clinical trains are shall, continuing. <laughs> I'm sorry? The clinical trains are continuing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I mean, look, if, if it doesn't hurt the... President of United States, I guess I'm safe, right? So, yeah, but I think the interesting take home in all this is that necessity is the mother of invention. So absolutely, we absolutely. It, we have proved absolutely. it once again. You know that unless you put fire under the backside, nothing is going to work. Exactly, but, exactly. Good development out here. Uh, you know, typically on these uh, shows we have uh, weekly outlooks. But this being the first episode of this uh, 2021, uh, uh, I thought it would be better that if we, you know, take a step backward just to look at the developments very quickly at uh, 2020, uh, looking ahead at uh, 2021. And then there were some very interesting developments in during this week also. We'll just touch upon them. I'll just share a, a couple of slides uh, uh, so that we go quickly over just to recapitulate what happened last year. So if you see, uh, here are the things that very quickly, these are the kind of seven trends that I have listed. Work from home, which we all know, digital payments uh, bloom, uh, uh, the sharper focus on ethical AI because of uh, Timnit uh, Gebru that 
entire uh, episode that took place. H one visas came under scanner last year. A digital transformation it got a real uh, COVID push, and all the technologies that are related to digital transformation, whether AI, IoT, three D printing, blockchain, etc., they got quite a push, and they came into the limelight. Governments began punishing uh, the big tech. We had those uh, lovely cases out there where uh, you had 38 cases, uh, 38 uh, uh, cases against uh, Google. I think something like uh, 40 plus cases against uh, 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 Facebook. And just in October uh, uh, 2020, you had a 449 page report against Facebook, Apple, Amazon, and Google. So like that, did <laughs> it said it all. And of course, you had cyber crimes. Uh, uh that increased this was 2020 just what is the difference in say 2020 and 2021 this is just my take basically on this that work from home is here to stay with a few tweaks the focus will continue to remain on digital transformation that's nothing new because of course it's been there around for almost like 4 5 years uh, in a, a more structured way as i would say a uh, digital payments again will uh, continue to bloom rbi has already come out with this uh, digital payment index which we can talk about a little later cases will continue against big, uh, big techs so for the simple reason that now the uh, suits have been filed so of course there'll be a continuation they will continue for years i guess there'll be a sharper focus on ethical ai uh, uh, for the simple reason that we everybody is talking about that you know we need to rid ourselves uh, uh, our, uh, as far as the bias in ai is concerned and kashyap uh, is an expert in that field so i'm sure kashyap will come up with his own thoughts on that cyber crimes will rise yes i think whenever there's prosperity <laughs> and whenever there's doom you always have hackers who are always around you and trying to make the most of it and i don't think we'll get much of the spread from the h1b visas regardless of whether it's going to be biden or it's going to be the trump administration because the trump administration already has a dropped a bomb censoring that it has extended it to march uh, uh, 31st yeah. <clears throat> but i guess on the 20th um, uh, since biden will be taking over uh, we uh, won't have uh, much to uh, do with that so th- that will be uh, an interesting thing so that is looking back looking forward these are the kind of broad trends that i could think of uh, subo kashyap whoever wants to take over from here any specific topic that the, uh, any specific trend that you all think about that uh, you know sort of on a priority basis if we were to prioritize if you could put it in an ascending order or descending hierarchy yeah. oh i think so, kashyap has already had his wish list out here yeah so i think uh... 2020 from an enterprise point of view was really the year of the digital transformation you must have seen this joke right who led the digital transformation of the enterprise like you rightly said lessly digital transformation efforts have been underfoot for the last 4 uh, 5 years but really covid has brought this sense of urgency into the into the matters so what's going to be interesting is uh, how much of the new changed behaviors both from uh, consumers and companies we will see as the pandemic winds down so that that's going to be an interesting thing and it will drive a lot of uh, behavior as well i like it you have personified covid <laughs> <laughs> literally given it a face <laughs> so you had, i think you had similar idea uh, this thing thoughts about uh, i think you had written a piece also about this whole uh, cx was looking at it very uh, you know the yeah the i think from cmos 
from your slide, the one thing that strikes me is that the three key words in 2021 is essentially going to be present continuous tense. And all three words are important. Okay. Uh, it is, you know, a change, hopefully welcome change from 2020. It will be continuous. So nothing dramatic is going to happen in that sense. We're not going to see any major tectonic moves uh, in the world of IT. And uh, all of us are anyway on our uh, toes and we'll continue to be tense, you know, because you never know. Now, we, now, I think the one thing that's very clear is that you don't know what's out there tomorrow morning. Okay, so I think companies, enterprises are going to be preparing for, you know, a, the BCP in a completely different way as against the way they were, you know, earlier treating BCP as, you know, something that hits you from a natural <clears throat> calamity kind of a thing. Now it's going to be a very unnatural calamity and it's going to hit super fast. And the level of disruption that it may cause will be dramatically more than what, you know, a COVID has done in 2020. And I think Bill Gates has referred to that. And I think uh, we have to be prepared uh, for that. From the, from the digital transformation side, yes, I, I think that the, the buyer is shifted. You know, it is no longer the CIO, CTO. And, you know, a few years ago, I remember the CIO community used to become extremely despondent about this fact that, you know, the, the, the power, that the buying power that they earlier used to exercise is kind of, you know, shifting away. But in that sense, I think COVID has done a good thing. It has now recircled everything back to the CIO. Because today, whatever you do, whether it's logistics, whether it's marketing, finance, collaboration, communication, you need that bloke out there to make sure that things are running without any hiccup. Okay, Whether it's cloud, whether it's virtualization, whether it is, you know, uh, choosing which security uh, solution to go for, right? You need a bloke out there, right? Just as the functional heads have become tech savvy, okay? I think the CIO is now going to, going to have to become business savvy. I don't think he has a choice, right? I think that to me is going to be a bit of a behavioral but long-term shift that I see in enterprises, not just in India, it's, it's, it's happening, you know, the worldwide. And, and to me, that is probably a more significant uh, change that is going to happen within the enterprises as compared to what we see today. Kashyap, uh, are your clients telling you the same thing? Because what are your observations, given the fact that you advise a lot of these companies on digital transformation? True. See, I think uh, before that, uh, what I like about your trends is that uh, you've covered practically all the key trends. I'm very happy to see that you've noted uh, ethical AI concerns. That's one thing we'll come back to that. And also I'm very happy to see that you've included cybercrime related issues because th th that usually is not uh, given as much attention. So I think, uh, thank you for that. And I also like Subhu's point of uh, this long-term behavioral change of business having to be more technology savvy and the CIOs and the CTOs having to go gain greater appreciation of uh, business. So frankly, this is going to be a very, from our clients and what, what we're seeing in terms of, uh, it has thrown planning out of the gear. There is also the risk of overreacting 
and there is also the risk of fighting last year's battles so what uh, i mean i want to share my screen and show a framework to think about this thing this is not mine but this is by a yale professor called Nic nicholas christakis who's written a book called apollo's arrow it's just uh, released and uh, apollo i mean the illusion is that apollo is the greek god who was shooting yeah. plague down uh, during the trojan war and that went on for 10 days and drained out so that that's the thing types so he's trying to understand uh, what is uh, the experience with previous plagues uh, going to show us obviously it's a different world this is a modern world i mean all of the previous uh, pandemics happened medicine was not there technology was not there etc so he wants us to think in terms of uh, three periods from a recovery point of view there is the immediate pandemic period which we are right now in so in that sense almost all of us are in a hold pattern and probably the unlock will happen unlock from this hold pattern will happen sometime in 2021 hopefully depending on the pace of vaccination depending on our ability to conquer the virus uh, depends on which quarter or this then after that is going to be an intermediate pandemic period where i mean we we put all our plans on hold so some sort of uh, what is it this always happens uh, the roaring 20s happened uh, in the in the previous pandemic and also all the wild spirits all the pent up uh, consumer demand will come back for a few few quarters or so so how much of that uh, will last into the post pandemic period i mean no doubt no doubt about it there are going to be some lasting changes some behavior has uh, changed clearly in terms of uh, how we teach education medicine and whole bunch of stuff so how all of that is going to be changed so for each of these countries for each of these sectors what determines is what is uh, going to be the time frames of each of these uh, immediate pandemic period intermediate pandemic period and post pandemic period and what is going to be the state so frankly what we are telling clients particularly small and medium business clients is uh, nobody knows for sure. i mean i would be the first to admit though i am in that position of uh, having to predict and make uh, suggestions and recommendations so to the extent possible we're saying conserve cash and uh, move uh, eliminate overheads and fixed costs so what is happening is uh, but at the same time we advise some of the largest organizations and for them this becomes a great opportunity cash is really king and you know, you've seen that uh, happening i mean some of the larger players are really muscling in and uh, gaining market share and mind share etc in different sectors in india so this is an opportunity for the fat cats to become uh, even uh, richer the rich get richer but for the smaller players and other players it makes a lot of sense to be prudent and conserve cash and keep an eye on things so that that's uh, my take kashyap the 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 one of the i i actually like this uh, framework you know it, it it really you know it allows us to put all our experiences you know and our uh, way the way we are looking at uh, in in some kind of a structured format but you know the the problem that i have you know uh, is that at least in india i see that the large corporates have two different buckets of expenditure they have a capex okay and they have a uh, revenue expenditure so to speak the guys who have cash right they are spending money on capex because now capex is cheap you know you can have bargain basement pricing all right you can actually go and acquire because there is a distress all around right so that is one one aspect which i completely understand the problem that i don't really get is that when it comes to revenue expenditure working capital 
the big companies are behaving like the small companies okay instead of spending the way they ought to be spending right they are also conserving cash which affects a small companies on a downstream basis so i was giving the example last uh, episode of a very large conglomerate we decided that it is going to cut expenses by 30% and all that they did was you know move their payables from 30 days to 75 days they achieved the target the cfo is happy but it create it created okay, havoc downstream yeah <laughs> downstream yeah right now one thing that we have to accept is that the role of government in terms of you know cash management is not really that high yes the finance minister has talked about 20 lakh crore and all of us are still trying to figure out where the 20 lakh crore is and okay so that that's a different debate but on at an operational level especially when you are in the intermediate pandemic period right this is going to be a very very key uh, either it could be an accelerator or it could actually be the death knell for a lot of small and medium businesses who will who will then not be alive to see the post pandemic period correct correct i agree with you because in a crisis what we've thought is faced with any danger there are going to be two classic responses flight or fight but the third thing is also freeze exactly. that's exactly what's happening exactly what's happening and and you know the the, the what i find is uh, though i'm no great fan of you know the public sector banks and you know things of that nature the guys who've actually been playing uh, the role that was mandated is the public sector banks the private sector banks have behaved like the way they normally behave you know conserve cash you know keep paying homilies but don't give money right but the public sector banks have been proactive i know of banks which have anticipated the supreme court judgment on interest on interest mm-hmm. and they have actually credited their customers with the money the private sector banks have actually done it kicking and screaming after the supreme court gave a deadline of one month they did that whereas the public sector banks were much more proactive you know so this is and and to me this is a very very disturbing trend that we are seeing so people tell us that you know look at the united states and the way they are going to recover back and boom back and all that stuff i say yeah but look at the united states from a behavioral perspective see this is a classic case of a business dilemma so right. and kashyap both of you i think now you all have this we have i think we have gone into the area of macroeconomics <laughs> so let's let's get back to a little of the tech part of it because macro <laughs> macroeconomics is too broad uh, and beyond the scope of this uh, particular discussion uh, so uh, we will talk of a related topic so that makes both of you happy also and makes me happy also and the audience also so let's talk about digital payments because that's a related kind yep. of topic now if i look at the digital payments stuff here is what rbi so this is rbi has come out with a digital payment index okay and the aim is basically to measure cashless transaction growth in india uh, if we look at the periodicity this is on a semi annual basis from march 2021 of course the lag is about 4 months uh, there are five parameters and they have been assigned weights performance has got 45% enablers 
the supply side infrastructure is 15%, uh, 15%. Demand side infrastructure is 10%. I uh, mistakenly put it as uh, 15%. I'll change that to, uh, so that's, that's uh, 10%. Uh, and consumer centric is 5%. Now, I do not know why consumer centric is only 5%. So that's something that we could probably look at. I mean, uh, I thought the weightage for uh, consumer centricity sh should have been a little higher. But uh, if you look at UPI transactions, as of December 2020, it's 4.16 lakh crore. I think some 223 crore transactions uh, have, uh, took place in uh, December 2020. So mm -hmm. this is the state of digital payments in India. And as an aside, of course, we all know that Bitcoin has crossed uh, $30,000. Uh, but the interesting part, which uh, you were, uh, I mean, in the previous episode, both Subo and myself, we had, uh, uh, we had uh, discussed this particular aspect of uh, digital payments, that if digital payments are such an important part of the entire ecosystem, why cap it at only 30% for each player? So that's something that uh, probably, uh, if you, uh, have you tracked it uh, closely? Have, do you find it interesting that RBI has come up to this index? Do you think it's going to make a difference? Yeah. I think uh, I'm very happy, first of all, that uh, India is sort of one of the leading lights in digital payments. We, we are, uh, have a lot of practices, best practices in terms which other countries can hopefully learn from. And our payments infrastructure, not from a digital point of view, but for other things also is. There are still frictions, but one of the more advanced things. And uh, the opportunity for financial inclusion because of digital payments is quite high. Yeah. That, I mean, there's a lot of positives. So... To me, I look at it from a multinational corporation perspective because that has been my client's, uh, my, my client base tends to be that. So interestingly, payments related consulting is one of the fastest growing areas in consulting because each country has its own uh, regulations, has its own best practices. But if you're, if you're looking from a, a large uh, multinational corporation that has operations in let's say 50, 60 countries, it really has become something like, uh, like taxation of that country. They really need to track payments. They need to have a separate team that tracks what is the payments, et cetera. So companies like KPMG, all the big four, even the McKinsey actually has a subscribe subscription service where they help you track uh, payments, what's going on in payments in each of these uh, countries types. So that, that that's quite interesting. So if somebody, say, a retailer, a multinational retailer wants to open a store in India, they need to really get up to speed. And India in India, the, pay, pay, the space is moving so fast <laughs> that they need to be constantly updated as such. Also, one last word of caution I want to say is because a lot of our population is not as uh, digitally still, I would say. So there's a lot of uh, increasing instances of fraud in digital payments. So that is something uh, like going back to your point, Leslie, of cybercrime. That is, again, something uh, a lot more work in terms of uh, educating the customers like, hey, you, when you are sending payments, you should be receiving when, when you should be sending when you should be receiving how not to give away your uh, one-time passwords it still happens i mean there are people who keep trying calling up elders in my family and saying hey we sent you this thing can you send us this payment and whatnot times so there is still you know, some work just in this context i think even Subo and me we had discussed it last time also that i think we more or less uh, had arrived at this conclusion that companies are not doing enough to protect 
the infrastructure or and even if there is a cyber crime the problem is because of this uh, associated uh, uh, you know i mean they they fear that it's going to damage their reputation the brand etc yeah. the stigma yeah. attached to it so they yeah. don't come out in the open and that sort of backfires do you get the same impression see for, for example uh, in india it's a different uh, problem i mean our norms in terms if a data theft happens by when do you have to inform who do you have to inform what should be the extent of disclosure that i mean there is a lot more improvement needed another improvement uh, that is needed is uh, there are ethical hackers there is a, a breach i mean there are standard disclosures that are made how companies treat that how seriously that is that that's all all, all there so for example uh, i do not know for example if there is a digital payment somebody makes is there insurance against it or not i know for my credit card for example there is only a, my liability is capped at fifty dollars, or if I dispute the transaction, it comes back. But with the newer players, I really am not sure. So, as a fairly sophisticated consumer who is financially literate, even I limit my exposure to digital wallets. I have the top one, hoping that they will one or two, hoping that they have better security practices in place. But I agree with you that companies need to be more proactive, saying, "Hey, it is not necessarily." what do we say bad if we discovered a breach or something it happens to the best of everybody it's like a cat and mouse game when it comes to this thing you've seen that case in the us recently where microsoft has is slowly admitting that they got hacked in the solar winds case and yeah so we discussed that in the last last episode mm-hmm. so, we uh, i should have seen the last episode at mm-hmm. the length yeah so so that that's the there is a lot of behavioral aspects and psychology involved around that being a short term ostrich like putting your head in the sand versus a long term consumer trust and this is where the regulator can play a great role yeah i hope companies are listening <laughs> subu has got that grin again on his face so i'm sure subu you have your thoughts on this as usual yeah so you know i was actually quite pleased to see that index framework actually Uh, i was actually quite pleased in fact i'm uh, you know i would argue that the weightage for consumer is okay at 5% and okay. i'll tell you why because see uh, the headroom for growth in india is enormously high right so this is a time when the government i think should be focusing on building the ecosystem Which is why the supply side and demand side has got fifty fifteen percent each. Right? No, fifteen percent and ten percent. Yeah. Okay. Fifteen and ten yeah. percent. Uh, you know, and and the enablers have twenty five uh, reasonably significant uh, weightage, right? So I think the focus is right now on building the ecosystem, making sure that there is infrastructure which supports the headroom for growth. Okay. Now you gave your own statistics: two hundred and twenty-three crore transactions. Hmm. Okay. Leading to four point one six lakh crore rupees. Yeah, which means your ticket sales are fairly small, hmm. right? Now I think the way forward is that we have to make sure that more and more B two B payments become digital. You know, and once that happens, your ticket sales will start increasing. Sure, hacking will go up, cyber crime will go up because you know that is concomitant with the growth of any any business. all right and i think the stigma attached to uh, you know a hack is going to be there but slowly i think people realize that it is it is a good thing for them to go and complain 
I can tell you personally, I mean, I, I made a complaint to cybercrime cell in Bangalore about two weeks ago. And the response has been rapid. From the day I uh, you know, complained, quickly the case got you know, moved to my police station in my, near my house. And the guy called me up and he took the details. I gave the screenshots and they've already blocked the number. And he, he calls me every four days to say that, okay, investigation is going on. Wow. Okay. That's nice. so, so I think, I think the, on the payment side, yes, we can argue about this 30% limit and all that stuff. But I think the government's focus on digital payments is pretty much in line with what ought to be. And they've been fairly proactive in this case. They're moving fast. They're, you know, they're trying to make sure that there is, uh, you know, enough focus. They're, in, 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 you know, enabling people, telling them to go ahead and do it. And uh, to me, the ecosystem over the next year or so will probably become more critical as a point of focus than the consumer. Yes, the consumer focus will always be there, right? I mean, that that education will always happen. And it could be 5%, tomorrow it could be 10%. But at this point in time, it's more important to build the ecosystem. Yeah. I think, I think the real take home here is that UPI has been a clear uh, game changer. I don't think there are any uh, two opinions on that. So I think uh, there will be, of course, as we uh, all uh, acknowledge that there will be a few hiccups, but that's part and process of the entire growth uh, that we're going to see over the period of time. Yeah. Now let's uh, segue into the other aspect of digital transformation, something that is close to the heart of uh, Kashyap, uh, AI in ethics. Uh, so Kashyap, your thoughts, a lot has been happening in that uh, field. Uh, in the uh, uh, Just to uh, bring you up to speed, in the uh, previous episodes, we uh, discussed the whole uh, Timnit uh, Gebru uh, episode and uh, the, uh, the impact of it on AI and wealth and how the algorithms are biased. But I know that you have also written a book on uh, uh, the, the bias. Uh, you have de- dedicated the whole chapter to the bias uh, in AI. What are you seeing? Well, yeah, I mean, we had a chapter in our book on uh, the dark side of AI. But, but more recently, I write a column called The AI Ethicist uh, for Info Today. So the, the controversy aside, I think... Uh, it is very dangerous to let uh, the techies uh, write by default the ethical choices uh, of our Absolutely. algorithms of our systems. So that's that's the top line. So we all should uh, get involved. So while we acknowledge that, what troubles me is that it's not an easy task. So if you look at what is good or bad, that that is ethics, right? I mean, what? So we haven't agreed upon that. What is good or bad uh, through human history? It changes based on context, it changes based on time, it based on different things, etc. So how do you translate that set of vague ideas into choices in our uh, automated systems? That That's a, a tough uh, decision. There are I mean, different approaches. I mean, we're just getting started in it. In a perverse way, the whole uh, firing of the Google's uh, ethicist, uh, ethics researcher has served, I mean, to highlight the issue again. So we've been working in this space for the last three, four years. And uh, I, I can see the growth in importance of that uh, field, clearly that that's heartening. So there are some practical things that we can do in the sense like in machine learning or in AI, what you're doing is you're optimizing for a specific or you're trying to minimize a specific loss function. You're trying to minimize the technical error in the systems. But is it even the right function to optimize? 
So recently I had to write something about uh, using AI in hiring decisions. So I, I really struggled there. For, for example, uh, th there are, I mean, documented cases. An ad is not shown to prospective candidates uh, based on their age, for example, because that, that's what the constitution of an employee is like. So there is ageism creeping in without people thinking about it. So how, how do you correct for that? Or there is gender bias that creeps into hiring algorithms. So that is uh, one thing. But, but the cloud or the silver lining, frankly, from an India point of view is that we don't have a lot of automated systems in India as yet. So we're still at the early stage there. So there is that opportunity to come in and uh, make those uh, correct choices. So wider, the same principle that Subhu mentioned last time of ecosystem, creating that ecosystem. And also there is that perception that when an AI, when a decision is made by an AI system, because it is based on data in the common man's person, I mean, the common man's perception, it is supposed to be unbiased. So we need to say that things can go wrong. That So Niti Aayog has started this initiative. I don't know if you're tracking that. So they're calling for public consultations. Yes. They, they have tracked this responsibly AI. And, but yeah, uh, in, in, in that particular context, hmm. there are, so there are these two terms, whether you call, them, whether you call it uh, responsible AI, whether you call it explainable AI, where the algorithm has to explain the, you know, the entire process by which it arrived at a particular decision. And there's also federated learning, which... You are so. What do you feel about are these uh, kind of um, uh, approaches uh, to uh, you know trying to remedy in some way uh, the bias in AI? Are they effective enough, or it's a kind of uh, you know it's uh, a continuing spectrum work in progress? It's definitely a work in uh, progress. So the the core technical issue is that uh, the black box AI is more performant has higher performance compared to simpler things like decision trees or things. So how much of a trade-off are we willing to make? So there is already regulation. I mean, there is this whole, so whenever there is a new issue that comes up, the immediate impulse of the regulator is to come up with a new regulation. But about 80, 90% of the cases, existing regulation in my view, in my, I mean, from whatever I have, can address those things. Like we have uh, already rules in terms of uh, hiring discrimination uh, based on certain yeah. demographic characteristics in hiring, et cetera. Similarly for access to credit and whatnot, there are rules. So they can take care of some other things. But from product liability point of view, probably we don't have that. That's a different uh, discussion. So explainable AI, interpretable AI, et cetera, are again efforts by the technical community. So these efforts by the technical community are sort of self-regulation efforts. Like when Google had a whole AI ethics thing, some commentators say that this is so that the regulator doesn't get into the space and start regulating. So we're saying we are self-regulating. So these technical approaches are definitely welcome, but they're again, partial measures. But can we actually get rid of AI completely? Is it even a realistic expectation given the kind of dynamic minds that we have, given that the entire human population is thinking differently and is growing and you know thoughts completely? Can can we even really expect uh, to ever get rid of bias? We, we can't get rid of our own biases. We're teaching algorithms to do it and it's all being done by humans at the end of the day. Correct. So you, you've heard of this uh, trolley problem, right? So in some trolley problem is uh, when uh, there is a self-driving car, for example, I'll simplify it. It, it. it has to hit somebody. It has to cause injury to somebody. Will it choose a young person or an old person? So the answer is culture dependent. 
in some cultures where uh, age is respected where we respect elders they say okay make sure that uh, the elderly person is not damaged but in other more individualistic society it's more like okay they have had their the life so let us protect the young people so what's the right answer i don't know Yeah, so again, model model philosophy you have philosophy. situational ethics <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but uh, what what is because of the capitalist impulse whether it is right or wrong whether it is biased or unbiased ai and automation is going to get embedded in many of the services that we use many of the products that we use so we can't eliminate ai like your question was can we stop ai obviously we are not luddites and we are not going to stop that exactly but uh, so we all should get in and have our voice heard And so, just make those choices. Yeah, the the pressure has to be on. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fair enough assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but w- one thing that has, I have been itching to ask you because I think we have discussed this for a very long time. In India, for instance, when we talk about AI, how mature is the ecosystem really, honestly? Because we hear a lot of words being bandied about, like AI. This is a deep tech startup. This is an AI startup. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, both Subhu and me, we have discussed this at length. That if AI does not, if if technology is does not serve a business or solve a business problem, it's pointless. So, is it really making sense? So, that would be something that uh, you know. Uh, uh, honestly speaking, are we really addressing this, or are we doing a disservice to the AI part of a uh, you know to the AI ecosystem by saying that this is an AI startup? Yes, I think I'm glad uh, you asked that question. I'm sharing my screen now, and and uh, this is a long answer. I'll try to keep it as simple as uh, possible and as crisp as possible. So this whole AI washing, because uh, yeah, you have cloud washing, etc. So th- that's not uh, just common to India. Even in, I have this slide which showing that forty uh, percent of all Europe's AI companies don't use AI at all. This is a MIT Tech uh, published it based on a study. I would say the probably the percentage is going to be a little bit higher in uh, india yes so that that's one thing and there is also a lot of confusion of what do people mean when they say ai i mean i don't want to spend a lot of time on it but uh, when we are talking about ai we are really talking about very narrowly focused uh, automation which does a single uh, specific task so whenever we read or we hear something in the media or the press there is artificial learning which is like a very wide set of tools and technologies within that a sub branch of it which is pattern matching matching which is machine learning and even within that there is even smaller branch called deep learning which uses artificial neural network kind of techniques so 99% of the cases when we say ai we are referring to deep learning which has yeah. made tremendous progress in the last uh, Five to ten years, five to eight years, and that's more because of the games like AlphaGo and all that kind of stuff that we correct. That's because of the computing power and yeah. So, so MIT and BCG, MIT Sloan Management Review and BCG have been doing a survey for the last four five years to ask the questions in terms of. Uh, so, a lot of companies, if you see the data on the slide out here, in twenty twenty seventy one percent have said that we understand how AI. by ai they are talking about deep learning here so that that's why i said the context we understand how it can generate 71% said and about 60% said that they have a strategy for ai and again 57% said that they are piloting or have deployed ai solutions and these are i mean pretty large organizations who understand the challenges of ai what it takes to involve not not like but only 10 to 11% say that they are seeing any significant benefits in ai so please point number one i'll tie these up but that's point number one and then what has happened 2020 has been the year of covid and as you see here a lot of the companies 
have uh, cut down their deep learning positions this data bears that out of course the number of job postings have come come down across the board but deep learning and this is the first time that it has happened in this field for the last 10 years there has been a 20 to 25% dip in hiring positions so businesses only 10% of the businesses that have invested heavily in ai are seeing business there is a corresponding dip in uh, the job postings then if you look at the amount that is being invested we've seen a 15% reduction in the number of deals and about 15 to 10% reduction in funding till i, I don't know of the data for the full year but till the half of the year so that that's again a change so if you take all of these uh, things together what is it showing there is a tempering of expectations about ai people are realizing people have understood so it is i'm not saying that there has been hasn't been any progress in ai i mean that would be wrong to say that in the field of deep learning we clearly have understood i mean tremendous leaps and gains have been made but as with any new technology people are tempering their expectations and understanding what it can do what it cannot do so in india to come back to your question the situation is uh, we are slightly a little uh, behind on the curve so they we are still in the going up of the hype phase but in 2021 i see and this is really good for the ecosystem because with a mature ecosystem when people really understand what investments we need to make what benefits we can get that is how progress will be made yeah, i, I hope that another question yeah yeah because i think yeah. another important issue is out here if we do not see these uh, if you do not see the expectations match the kind of hype that has been created around ai it will actually be a disservice from the point of view that we may actually end up having an ai winter once again like 60 years back ai did not succeed uh, initially at right? in the 60 year old technology and it is very well documented that it was a kind of an ai winter this time it may be a mild kind of ai winter nevertheless i hope we don't you know create a situation where we do that kind of uh, stuff uh, subo any thoughts or? no i'm i'm quite uh, i'm quite uh, you know i i should use the word happy but i'm kind of vindicated because see to me if you look at the last uh, many decades technologies that have yielded business benefits have flourished technologies that have not yielded benefits irrespective of the hype have not i mean it's it's a very very straightforward and simple uh you know uh, statement i have oftentimes you know articulated the fact that you know what exactly is artificial intelligence okay what is it the what is the business problem that you're trying to solve with it let's get that first right now when you know when 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 you get data that only 11% of the companies are actually realizing business benefits it clearly states two things one there's a long road ahead for us okay uh, and when i say us i'm talking about the the people in the industry right and not necessarily in india okay and if you are not able to you know marry the business benefit directly okay then i'm afraid you're going to have a situation where ai will be you know consigned to another hype uh, bin okay now you know all this thing about you know like i like what kashyap said you know who is going to decide what's good and bad okay i mean it be ridiculous for us to believe that a set of algorithms 
are going to decide what's good and bad for us not because they can't okay i don't know enough about technology maybe they can but i won't permit it see that's the whole point at a behavioral level i am not going to permit a machine however smart it is to decide my immediate future okay so if that is the situation going to be and and definitely i'm not going to permit google to do it you know okay so now the now, <laughs> now the next question is whether you like technology to show you a dance because just to make it uh, you know in a lighter way and kind of stuff, uh, something that was doing the uh, news i mean ma- made the headlines uh, this week was basically boston dynamics which a company that we all know has got a robot uh, called atlas with it parakua uh, and uh, you know jumping in loops and all that kind of stuff so some amazing kind of stuff it, it actually danced to you know for do you love me i think that's uh, dirty dancing uh, Uh, very famous song so i just for uh, i mean for the viewers who have missed that uh, stuff if I, i'll just play that if it's so just just give me a second um, let me just see if i can play that for the viewers oh i one second i not sure whether i shared the, just give me a second please oh yes couldn't dance you didn't even want me around and now i'm back to let you know i can really shake them down How was the dance? Groovy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the reason why I showed, uh, why I shared this uh, uh, video is because we were talking about AI and ethics. We were talking about bias and algorithms. We were talking about the promise uh, and the power and the capabilities of AI. Now look at Boston Dynamics. What it has done is actually it's basically algorithm, algorithmic based, other than its uh, entire ability of using hydraulic pumps to, uh, you know. Uh, hydraulic equipment basically to the fullest i think it's one of the best companies as far as that is concerned because of the movements and etc but imagine the kind of work that has gone into the stance i mean does it so i i was looking at the comments you know down uh, i don't know whether you all had a look at the comments uh, comments you know range from extremity that we love it to and this is really shit scared so like I, you know, it's a very different kind of uh, reaction that when you find that you are doing a robot dance on any of these shows, whether it's a dance India dance or break dance or something. All these years we were imitating robots, and now you have a robot dancing like us. 
uh, I mean, <clears throat> to me, to me, honestly, uh, I'm sure there is a huge bunch of population that loves this. Okay, uh, but I'm not a part of that population. Okay, I'd love to, you know, see human beings dance. I'd love to see myself dance. But do I want my robot to dance? Am I going to pay money for that? Not sure. Are you a Not good sure. dancer? No, terrible. <laughs> uh, I, I would still watch the robot dance then. In that case, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kashyap? See what what's interesting is that break dancing is going to be a new competitive sport in the next Olympics, in the twenty twenty four Olympics. So that's. So, so you'll have a lot of opportunity to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Experts hope. watch. <laughs> Are they going to have Boston Dynamics also over there participating? Real robots versus. I mean, so, yeah, I think, uh, they, they say you know Boston Dynamics has the best robotic videos in the world. But uh, see, it's quite uh, what Boston Dynamics illustrates is the challenge of commercializing technology. Yeah, robotic cool technology. And their spot dogs, I think, are priced at seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's not uh, affordable. And they were having the third owner in uh, seven years. They were first uh, division of Google, then the SoftBank bought them, and then uh, now, now Hyundai. Now Hyundai is uh, Hyundai. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's uh, quite interesting to see. So we we talk about AI and where AI is progressing, how much progress is it made from a hardware point of view? Actually, the so the field is like very very in early days compared to pattern matching the cognitive work we initially thought like 20 years ago that hardware is going to make so much more progress than uh, software but, but it hasn't been that also, way. also seeing the kind of difference in the valuations this company i think uh, uh, boston dynamics was uh, acquired for about 1.1 billion dollars if i'm not mistaken whatsapp 19 billion dollars <laughs> look at the way people perceive software versus so grasping actually grasping technology is one of the hottest areas right now because if that is solved yeah. a yes. lot more of the yeah the, the tactile kind of stuff and also yeah that that's true that's true uh, just some uh, uh, before we wind up uh, two things that i would like to alert are you all seeing any kind of traction that's happening in uh, um, the make in india kind of movement and uh, you know uh, the the government's entire thrust on make in india Uh, the only reason that i asked is because you had the uh, winston uh, case the apple fiasco that took place over here with the labor force is that good messaging or is that again one of those signs that you'll see okay fine you know we'll grow up see, see from a public relations point of view obviously it's uh, a bad egg on the our make in india initiative but having said that people understand it right see it's not a black and white issue according to me i mean yeah. i'm not an expert on these things but but my opinion as an independent person yeah. is that uh, see a lot of the issues are also because because of the covid because of covid and people really we were talking about cash not having cash conserve cash will people reduce pay for a particular period of time will they pay in arrears etc so it's a little more plus plus that there is so my question is if it was not wiston if it was not an apple's supplier would it still have gotten the same amount of mileage and attention possibly not possibly yeah. not so you know the the, the good thing about uh, the 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 outcome of all this happened on wiston is that see there is a always there's been a perception 
uh, outside that the government is not very responsive. You know, and we have made matters worse by the retrospective tax and you know all of that stuff. This was an opportunity which the both the central government and the state government leveraged by sending out very very clear messages from day one, acting very rapidly, making sure that it is treated as a law enforcement issue. and it it is to make sure that the you know there is no politicking around it so they were arrested about 300 or people right and the case has been registered and ministers across the board including i understand the prime minister has you know said that this is not a good thing and we are completely against this now this is got nothing to do with the the the, the political party stancing okay so it is not something that apple is not used to if you're running a multinational global company i mean you are you used to this regional issues but i like the way the government reacted to it the speed of reaction was very very heartening okay and uh, also now apple has also gotten into the act they are doing their own investigation they are going to work with the government you know all of that stuff so from both sides i think the messaging has been correct uh i don't know whether it's going to have any long term impact i don't think so okay because i haven't read anything else in the press uh but this like kashyap said that these are things that are happening not just in western it they are happening across the board you know kirloskar issue that has been there for many many months now okay uh nobody has talked about it because there is no apple involved okay but unrest cash or lack of cash is, is there it's, it's a fact of reality yeah but i mean so basically i think we are, what we are talking about whether whether the, you know the make in india movement is gaining traction or not and i think it's very evident from what we are saying that yes with a minor hiccups here and there it is clearly a very bold statement that the uh, uh, that india has made and i think uh, it is it's a maturing kind of ecosystem and i'm sure a lot of good will come out of uh, i don't know whether it's i don't know whether it's make in india or don't make in china um i mean that's a matter of perspective <laughs> honestly that's no. a matter of perspective because apple moved out from i mean if you look at the foxconn thing i yeah. i don't know whether you remember this at almost like 5 years back if i i distinctly remember that uh, apple had come down and it's uh, like foxconn had the foxconn ceo had come to india he had come to maharashtra and he said that he got to set up a factory So that did not happen at that point in time. So I, I dismiss it. So, but things are happening, you know. However, slow, slow pace. See, let's say I want to tie this back to your one of your original slides, which talked about uh, still uh, choking of the H-1B visas. So this is unfortunately a period of deglobalization across the world, yeah. even before COVID, and COVID also is uh, driving home the point that. maybe people want to relocate some of the supply chains whether that is going to be from out of china to india or closer to the consuming countries so it, it's a larger play so so the whole make in india strategy needs to be relooked at with that uh, perspective as well so where are the opportunities with the risks we need to revisit that the world is flat oh this is this this term i like the world has a flat tire <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry so this ethnocentrism you know i mean that's that's i think that is uh, what is uh, getting ground and with this nationalistic clap trap yeah. that keeps happening i think these two are going to be fairly uh, present in 2021 there's no escaping that whether it's biden or not it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. a lot of jingoism jingoism is going to happen it's happening here it's happening in india it's happening in turkey it's happening everywhere i don't think we're going to escape that yeah and with i think the travel being restricted thanks to all the covid restriction that we yeah. have at this point in time i think it will be some time before we can you know think about a globalized world again i think i don't know whether we we'll ever go back to that kind of a scenario i don't know we don't need to right i mean the machines will do it for us <laughs> yeah, interesting way yeah probably machines having a zoom meeting next time and probably yeah that. i will i will create my hologram and send it to uh, you know uh, show it in uh, san jose yeah why not why not why do i need to be there kashyap i think i will you're excited about the prospect of that <laughs> actually these kind of virtual avatars so there was an ai company called loom.ai which which got bought over recently yes 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 because yes. they were exactly doing the same kind of thing that subuva yes. one plans to do <laughs> so I video had, gamers are ahead <laughs> i had i had interviewed the ceo of that company so i i i, I know it uh, very interesting work that they did with the 3d avatars uh, yeah but then we had second life also if you remember we did there's so much I mean, entire See, life was there now. Probably entire worlds got immersed in second second life. People were immersed. There were divorces that took place in second life and in real life also. So it was a whole different world. I mean, it was too ahead of its time, perhaps. We had geo cities, uh, Subhu. Yeah, you remember yeah. geo cities. Second life. Yeah. When when that um, you know there was a company which funded a second life initiative. I don't want to name the group. and they had committed roughly about 150 crores wow they lost all of at it that, at that all time. of it at that time wow. okay and uh, so yeah i mean it, these are all sobering truths that uh, we must keep in mind because if you look at the it industry then you know the industry has got more of these corpses than the success stories so friends uh, i guess uh, we've had a very good um, discussion out here uh, we covered a range of uh, topics uh, typically we would have restricted ourselves to a, a weekly high as we call it with lsd uh, but uh, this time we extend expanded the scope of the thing because it's uh, 2021 so looking back looking forward we did that hope you liked uh, uh, our insights and uh, if you even want to contradict us uh, Uh, please uh, like and subscribe to this channel uh, share your thoughts and if you want to participate on the show please drop us an email uh, wish you once again a very happy 2021 stay safe stay merry stay out. thank you bye thank you thanks kashyap thank you thanks kashyap